0: chat gpt good thing bad thing Mm, fun thing i don't know we'll find out tonight uh funeral directors know more than you think they know Mm, And more than you know, we'll talk about that very interesting article coming up. And of course, more Disney woke crap. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm that guy. And uh, we are live on Rumble.com, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. And uh, welcome in, everybody. We're also a podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, all your favorite podcast platforms. You can check us out there and uh be sure and like and subscribe follow on rumble follows the important part there's a button right down over here says follow it's free doesn't cost a dime just click that's it you're done and we really appreciate that uh youtube also you can subscribe there and of course on facebook you can follow us there also over on facebook so check it out make it happen all right uh i think i've got all our technical stuff straightened out i don't know But we're doing our best, so (laughs) I'm not going to concern myself with it tonight. We're just going to move forward. We're going to plow forward no matter what. And whatever happens, happens. Uh, All right. Let us start off with our usual uh, Miko update. This is our favorite little Shiba Inu friend, Miss Mary Miko. And uh, the latest on her. And this... Is her being lazy in bed today? I shot. Oh, man, I was laying down taking a nap, and she decided she wanted to join me. So she's just hanging out and just can't even be bothered. Can't roll, just barely moves her head over to say hello. It's like, Miko, hey, are you there? It's like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm ignoring you. (laughs) So she, she uh, she's doing great. Uh, we, we had a couple of good walks today, as usual. We did not, for the first time in three or four days, get rained upon. And then tonight, she decided she wanted to take all her toys out in the yard. So just before I'm, I'm downstairs getting ready, getting warmed up and prepping for the show, and she decides she wants to bring all her toys out. So one by one. She starts dragging out her dinosaur and her shirt and she brings all her toys out in the yard and she starts throwing them up in the air and playing with them. So I, I I don't know. You know what? If you can figure this dog out, you're a better person than I am because sometimes I can't. Our Miko updates brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. It's a monthly subscription service. And um, if you've got a fur friend You're going to want to check this out. Or maybe, hey, how about buy it as a gift for a friend? That would be a huge deal. Um, It would, uh, it really would. It'd be much appreciated. Every month you will get a box full of themed toys, chews, and dog treats for your dog. Uh, Every month there's a new theme. They They give you two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. Now you can specify small, medium, large. You can also specify if your dog has any allergies so they'll make sure that you don't get those kind of, you know, fish, chicken, beef, whatever your allergies your dog has, there's a tick box. And if you use our special link, it's in our show notes down below, BarkBox.com Miko. Easy to remember. You will get a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Or I got you a special deal. If you look right underneath that link in our show notes, there's a special link which will take you to a different URL. And that will get you a free dog bed they're beautiful even if you have just go check them out because they're gorgeous three different kinds of fabrics three sizes based on how big your dog is and they're free when you sign up at barkbox.com so that's it if you want to use our regular link and get that free month it's barkbox.com miko if you want the free dog bed use the link just below that in our show notes that's our description down below and you'll get it it's just that easy and uh, it's, it's well worth it. These folks are great. The folks at BarkBox, um, they care a lot about uh, your dog. They really do. And uh, they want to make sure that you are happy. They have a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you are ever not happy with something at BarkBox.com, you get a hold of customer service, and they will make it right. All right. Chat GPT. What is it? And why is it controversial? Well, I have not used it. I haven't signed up for it. I kind of have a TikTok-y feeling about the whole thing. It's AI. It's You remember the days of the old chat box? In fact, <laughs> this is a funny quick story. The very first computer I ever owned was a Radio Shack Tandy TRS-80. I think it, that was TRS-80. The program's loaded with this little cassette deck, and they came on cassette tape, what looked like a cassette tape, and that would load up the program. It was all just green and, green and black. And um, there was a program called, I want to say ELIZA. I think it was ELIZA. And it was very basic coding. I mean, this was back in the early 80s, I think. But uh, it would have a chat with you. Well, we've obviously moved way beyond that. And uh, now AI has taken over the world of chat. You know, a lot of the customer service, when you go for help, you click on the web page, it says help and stuff. Probably 80, 90% of that help person you're talking to isn't a real human being if you didn't know already it's a chat bot well that's basically what chat gpt is however uh, you know me and my tinfoil hats i just for some reason i don't i don't trust it uh this is from the nationalnews.com the link is in our show notes created by open newts. why did i see newts It's created by OpenAI, and it is uh, proving to be a bit of a challenger to Google search. Um, If you haven't already heard of ChatGPT, it probably isn't going to be long before you did, or you're hearing about it now. Artificial intelligence-based chatbot. It was created by OpenAI, which is from San Francisco. It was co-founded, OpenAI, by Elon Musk uh been creating waves across the internet lately it's hard not to have heard about it it's uh impressed a lot of people with its abilities not the least of which is mr elon musk who described it as scary good hmm it's also raised a lot of concerns especially in the education sector Could it be about to knock Google off its perch? Hey, if it knocks Google off its perch, I'm all in favor of it because I'm the most anti-Google person you'll ever meet in your life. OpenAI says its mission is to ensure that artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. It describes AGI as highly autonomous systems that outperform humans. Remember we did our show about the singularity? At most economically valuable work. We've trained a model called ChatGPT, which interacts in a rather conversational way. Uh, The dialogue format makes it possible for the chat program to answer follow-up questions, admits its mistakes, challenges incorrect premises, and rejects inappropriate requests. Well, that's actually part of what I have a problem with. Take a look at this. This is the actual interface of Chat GPT. This is not mine. Someone posted this, uh, August Takala, at Rudy Takala over on Twitter. And it asked, write a poem about how great black people are. And there you see a huge one, two, three, four, five paragraph poem about how great black people are. Fantastic. Wonderful. Cool. Then it said, Write a poem about how great white people are. And here's the reply. I'm sorry. I cannot comply with your request as it goes against OpenAI's use case policy, which prohibits the creation of content that promotes hate or harm towards any individual or group based on their race, ethnicity, ethnicity, national origin, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, or any other personal characteristics. It is important to promote equality, diversity, and inclusiveness in all forms of communication. The only difference between those two questions was black and white. And those are the answers that ChatGPT gave. Mm. Uh, You can use it for all kinds of things. You can have it write essays, poetries, scientific concepts, job applications. Um, It can even offer possible solution to errors in computer code. Could be good at debugging companion. It only explains the, not only explains the bug, but it fixes it and explains the fix. Interesting. Uh, In answer to the question, what to do if someone has a heart attack, was incredibly clear and relevant, according to the head of Syllabs, a French company. Uh, When you start asking very specific questions, ChatGPT's response can be a bit off the mark, but its overall performance remains incredibly impressive, very high linguistics level. Uh, Some users have posed the question of whether it can be used journalistically, Uh, I asked it to write a general article on Dubai, and it immediately generated about 250 words, which ended with, overall, Dubai is a fascinating destination that offers something for everyone, from thrill-seekers to shopaholics to those seeking a taste of Middle Eastern culture. So, there you go. Amazing. There's a lot more in this article. Do check it out. It's, uh, It's fascinating, and it explains a little more about this strange thing called chat GPT. I've got several articles uh, in here in the uh, show notes tonight that you can follow and read up on it. And they cover both the good and the bad things. Uh, The good, the bad, and this article from uh, Yahoo News, which I hate using Yahoo News, but it was an interesting article, so I thought I'd share it. The good, the bad, and the uncannily funny. Uh, for-profit AI lab in San Francisco, and uh, people have been chatting uh, with AI. Explain what you are in a short paragraph. I'm a large language model trained by OpenAI designed to assist with a wide variety of tasks, answering questions, and providing explanations on a large variety of topics. So it's gone through here. A big advance is the ability to talk back and forth. You can actually chat back and forth with this program. And you can ask it for something. And if you don't get what you want, just correct it. Uh, it erupted and caused quite a lot of the lava flowed down to the nearest town and made a big mess on the spot. Okay, now make it about tornadoes and funnier. And it replied with, there once was a tornado so wild, it tore through the town like a child. It picked up a car and tossed it real far, but the driver, he just smiled. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, chat GPT, it attempts to have conversations with you. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but what's it doing with your data? What's it doing with all the things you ask it about? And does it identify itself with you? How much of your privacy is being compromised by this chat program? Hmm. ChatGPT from theconversation.com, links in our show notes, is a data privacy nightmare. And if you've ever posted online, you ought to be concerned. Taking the world by storm, it's only been out there for two, uh, two months. It has over 100 million active users. Fastest-growing consumer application ever launched. Wow. A much less discussed implication is the privacy risks that ChatGPT poses to you and to me and every single one of us. Just yesterday, Google unveiled its own controversial AI called bard b-a-r-d you know like the referring to shakespeare the bard others will surely follow technology companies working on a.i have uh, entered into a bit of an arms race and it is all fueled by our data our personal data chat gpt underpinned by a large language model that requires massive you can imagine massive amounts of data in order to function and to get better, and it learns, it's artificial intelligence, so it is constantly learning, and it's learning from your data. They fed some 300 billion words, systematically scraped from the internet, books, articles, websites, posts, including personal information that you posted. If you've ever written a blog post or a product review, commented on an article online, there's a good chance ChatGPT sucked it up sent it away into its system. Why is that an issue? Well, the the data collection used to train this program is problematic for a bunch of reasons. First of all, none of us were asked whether OpenAI could use our data. Clear violation of privacy when data is sensitive or could be used to identify us or family members or where we are. And even when data is publicly available, Their use can breach what we call contextual integrity. It's the fundamental principle in legal discussions of privacy. It requires individual information is not revealed outside of the context from which it was originally produced. If you made a comment on a post, it is meant for that post, not for some AI program to suck it up and use it in their database. That's what contextual integrity is all about. This article from theconversation.com is a must-read. Check it out. If you have any questions, if you're wondering, the right to be forgotten is another way to look at it. If you have any questions, read this article. It's excellent. The link is in our show notes down there. And it really, it will tell you a lot about exactly what's going on with this whole chat AI thing. All right. What else don't we know? What's going on with? How about, you know, why are they calling them UFOs? Why, why, why? I thought they were UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Wasn't that what we were supposed to be calling them now? Hmm. Well, if you haven't, you don't. If you haven't heard, please. Who hasn't heard? U.S. military pilots say unidentified flying objects shot down over Alaska had. No identifiable propulsion and interfered with their sensors. Now, to be fair, of course, when you read the headline, what do you think? This is from TheBlaze.com. Link's in our show notes. First thing you think, oh, it had no means of propulsion. Must be a UFO or a UAP or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use UFO because that's what normal people use, not these idiots in the government. First thing you think is, you know, aliens. But if you think about it, the balloons that China had sent over, also have no identifiable propulsion system. It's a balloon. It just floats in the air, in the jet streams. Anyway, my understanding now is that they've shot a total of four of these things down, one over Canadian airspace, because uh, NORAD is a North American, you know, it's a defense agreement between Canada and the US. So it's a joint operation. But anyway, they've now shot uh, the four of them down. And one claimed to have been a cylindrical shaped object, the size of a small car. (sighs) Whatever. You know, at the end of the day, I just can't help but think, read the article. It's in our show notes. It's theblaze.com. You'll see it in there. But what are they distracting us from? Seriously? I mean, the whole story itself is bad enough. And this is just China saying family-friendly middle finger to you. Nothing you can do about it. And, of course, Biden and the idiots in the military showed that we are slow on the draw. And there is very little we can do about these things. Uh, Or if there is, we won't do it right away. So, uh, yeah, now four of them could be more... Identified, unidentified, oh look a squirrel, shiny red object, here look over here, don't pay attention to the giant chemical disaster going on in East Palestine, uh, Ohio. Mm. Have you heard about that story? I'm not covering it tonight, look it up. If you haven't seen anything about it, because the mainstream media is not covering it for the most part, but there is a giant, giant disaster, and not just not just a human disaster, an environmental disaster akin to the Nord Stream pipeline being blown up up, and all that methane getting released. It's scary. And I just can't help but believe this, this whole balloon UFO thing is. Now look, if they want to come out and finally admit UFOs are real and we've been dealing with them for 50, 60, 70 years, I'm all for that. But, Mm, is that going to happen? I saw a Twitter post, by the way, that um, that said there's going to be a fake alien invasion. And then our military is going to go after and actually fire upon these things. And in the fallout of that, destroy a bunch of American cities. A- a- You know, look, I got my tinfoil hat square on my head, 24-7. But even that particular video, I looked at that and went, "Mm, I, probably not. (laughs) All right. Uh, What if funeral directors know that you don't? You might be surprised. This is from Steve Kirst's Substack, and uh, you should definitely check it out because it's scary. In 78 years, they never had a 15-year-old kid who died from a heart attack. In December 2022, they had one a week for three weeks, and nobody is talking about it. Ever since the vaccines rolled out, deaths are up particularly among young people. You see it every day if you're on Twitter. Every day, more than once, I see so-and-so died suddenly, heart attack, myocarditis, died suddenly, died suddenly. Happens all, not just the football players and the athletes, common ordinary people and kids. The writer here talked to the owner of a lot of funeral homes across the U.S., Collectively, they, handled over, they handle over 3,000 funerals a year. Uh, this one asked his name be kept confidential for fear of retribution. Overall, their business, funeral directors, is up 50% since the vaccines. Not proportional. Young people are the greater portions of these deaths. For example, pilot deaths at Southwest Airlines are up six-fold since the mandates at Southwest were rolled out. Normally, they see one stillbirth per month pre-vaccine. After the vaccine's rolled out, they are seeing as many as 12 stillborn babies every single They noted a lot of hospitals will dispose of these cases and not involve the funeral home, so it's possible funeral homes may only be seeing a fraction of the actual number. In the 78 years they've been in business, this funeral director cannot recall ever having seen a 15-year-old die of a heart attack, and like I said in the opening, December 2022, one a week for three weeks straight. They're also seeing the strange rubbery clots that they've never seen before. Medical examiner called, verified it. Nobody's saying anything about it for fear of being fired. This article has some other information. The CDC says uh, stats for 2022 say that the data isn't fully reported due to reporting delays. Yeah, that means checking with funeral directors is the way to estimate what's happening in real time as they're dealing with it, when it happens. Bottom line, everybody knows what is causing this, but they're still afraid to speak out. For the few who do speak out, their stories are never covered in the mainstream media. This article goes on, it gets deep in the dive about uh, what's happening here. I got a lot of data, a lot of talk about what's happening with... uh, with these numbers, and it is scary. It is very scary. All right. Disney. <laughs> Disney. Go woke, go broke. Just got to cover this a little bit tonight. Link's in our show notes. It's from Variety. Yeah, Variety.com. They're cutting 7,000 jobs Worldwide three percent of their workforce and they're eyeing five and a half billion dollars in total cost reductions ouch reduce its workforce by seven thousand employees in a bid to cut costs bob eiger who's now back as disney's ceo he is swinging the axe uh Wednesday, he said, on the company's earnings call for the year-end 2022 quarter. figure represents 3.2% of Disney's total headcount of about, wow, they have almost a quarter of a million worldwide employees as of October 2022. The layoffs part of Disney's efforts to achieve $5.5 billion in cost savings. And of that, $2.5 billion represents non-content costs, including labor, Uh, 1 billion of those targeted. Cost reductions already underway, Iger said. Disney's aiming for an annualized reduction of 3 billion in non sports content costs expected to be realized over the next several years, according to Disney's CFO, Christine McCarthy. Wow. Chop, chop, chop. Go woke, go broke. There was a ridiculous ridiculous Twitter thing that I was going to play. And then I decided, you know, I'll probably get a a copyright strike if I do. So I don't dare play it. But if you are not following uh, Matt London, which is at MJL news, you're missing the boat. This guy covers some stuff, which is phenomenal. And take a look at this. Thought your children's TV cartoons were innocent and fun? Well, the C.J. Pearson exposes how Disney is using them to brainwash your kids with woke, offensive nonsense. And insists for their sake, it's time to fight back. This is the link. Disney's cartoon, Brainwashing Your Kids with Woke Nonsense. I watched it. It's unbelievable. If you can, search it out. If you're on Twitter, take a look. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be doing the same amount of head shaking I was because it's beyond, beyond ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Um, As a matter of fact, I think I put the link to the actual article. In my show notes tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. No, that's not what I want. Hang on. Don't go away. <laughs> we'll try it one more time. Uh, I want to just check and see if indeed this. Um... I don't want to paste and search. I want to paste and go to. Let's see. See if we can make this work. Why is this happening? This is insane. All right. CJ Pearson. Mail online. I found it. The link is in our show notes. Thought your kids TV cartoons were innocent. Fun. JC Pearson exposes how Disney is using them to brainwash your kids with woke offensive nonsense nonsense and insists it is time to fight back. Um, That's the article. It's in our show notes. Read it. I'm not going to take the time and just tell you that it's there. It's crap. And uh, Disney needs to just go away. Honest to God. It's just unbelievable. All right. Uh, What are we doing? Oh, I know what we're doing. We're getting to our book. Yeah, we're going to do that. We will uh, move on over to our book. We read books on this show, if you didn't know that already. We've done a ton of books. Uh, We've done Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz. Bring that up a little bit. I love the cover of that book. Uh, There we go. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Coffee break time. Mm. Hey, did you follow yet or subscribe? The button's right over here. It says follow or subscribe. Please hit that button. I don't do a lot of begging lately, but it really helps the show out a lot. It's absolutely free. Rumble.com or YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook. Just give us a follow or a subscribe. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. You'll also find our podcast, which is the audio part of our show. It goes out right after we finish our live stream. So check it out on iTunes, Spotify, and all your local podcast platforms. All right. We've been reading uh, The Wizard of Oz, The uh, Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan. We've done so many great books. And right now we've been doing White Fang which is a classic book. I'm uh, speaking of classics. I think we're going to do Treasure Island next. It's long, but it's worth it. If you've never read Treasure Island or your kids haven't, well, either you get them to read it, read it to them, or you can listen to me read it. Why not? <laughs> By the way, just a little inside baseball here. Because the first part of our show, we usually cover controversial things we talk about, the, I'm a conservative, so I've got opinions that I hand out there freely for you to disagree or agree with, whatever it might be, bringing you some of the news, some of the angles on the news. But um, then in the second half of the show, as we're about to do, we've always read books. But those two things don't necessarily go together. So for some people, the first half of the show is what they listen to, and then they bugger off and they're all happy. Good, great. We love you. Thank you so much. For other people that enjoy listening to the books, that's not usually the first half's audience. So let me know what you think. You can send me a PM. You can email me, show at jsheldon.com. I'm thinking about separating the two into two different shows. So we'll have the book and we'll have the Jay Sheldon show. And uh, you know, for now, we're going to keep it as one. Because it all is one little compact thing, but down the road, shortly, soon, maybe, uh, we're thinking about be cutting the show in half. We'll see what that'll give us more time too to cover some more things, in the uh, you know in the controversial news arena. So we'll find out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see what you think. Show at jsheldon.com or just send me a PM if you want. All right. White Fang is the book written in 1906 by Jack London, a classic, classic book, and uh, we are on chapter two of part three. It's called The Bondage. The days were thronged with experience for White Fang. During the time that Kichi was tied to the stick, he ran all over the camp, inquiring, investigating, learning. He quickly came to know much of the ways the man-animals, but familiarity did not breed contempt. The more he came to know them, the more they vindicated their superiority. The more they displayed their mysterious powers, the greater loomed their godlikeness. To man, who has been given the grief often of seeing his gods overthrown and his altars crumbling, but to the wolf and the wild dog that have come in to crouch at man's feet, this grief has never come. Unlike man whose gods are of the unseen and the over-guessed vapors and mists of fancy eluding the garmenture of reality, wandering wraiths of desired goodness and power, intangible outcroppings of self into the realm of spirit, unlike man, the wolf and the wild dog that have come into the fire and find their god in the living flesh, solid to the touch occupying earth space, and requiring time for accomplishment of their ends and their existence. No effort of faith is necessary to believe in such a God. No effort of will can possibly induce disbelief in such a God. There's no getting away from it. There it stands, on its two hind legs, club in hand, immensely potential, passionate, wrathful, loving, God and mystery and power all wrapped up and round by flesh that bleeds when it's torn, and that's good to eat, like any flesh. And so it was with White Fang. The man animals were gods, unmistakable, inescapable. As his mother, Kichi, had rendered her allegiance to them at the first cry of her name, so he was beginning to render his allegiance. He gave them the trail as a privilege, undubitably theirs. When they walked, he got out of their way. When they called, he came. When they threatened, he cowered down. When they commanded him to go, he went away hurriedly. For behind any wish of theirs was power to enforce that wish, power that hurt, power that expressed itself in clouts, and clubs, flying stones stinging lashes of whips Uh, he belonged to them as all dogs belonged to them his actions were theirs to command his body was there to maul stamp upon to tolerate such was the lesson that was quickly borne in upon him it came hard going as it did counter to much that was strong and dominant in his own nature And while he disliked it and the learning of it, unknown to himself, he was learning to like it. It was a placing of his destiny in another's hands, a shifting of the responsibilities of existence. This in itself was compensation, for it is always easier to lean upon another than to stand alone. But it didn't all happen in a day this giving over of himself, body and soul, to the man-animals. He could not immediately forego his wild heritage and his memories of the wild. There were days when he crept to the edge of the forest, stood, listened, something calling him far and away. And always he returned, restless and uncomfortable, to whimper softly and wistfully at Keechee's side, to lick her face with eager, questioning tongue. White Fang learned rapidly the ways of the camp. He knew the injustice and greediness of the older dogs when meat or fish was thrown out to be eaten. He came to know that men were more just, children more cruel, and women more kindly, and more likely to toss him a bit of meat or bone. And after two or three painful adventures with the mothers of part grown puppies, he came into the knowledge that it was always a good policy to let such mothers alone, to keep them as far away from them as possible, to avoid them when he saw them coming. But the bane of his life was Lip Lip, larger, older, and stronger. Lip-Lip had selected White Fang for his special object of persecution. White Fang fought willingly enough, but he was outclassed. His enemy was just too big. Lip-Lip became a nightmare to him. Whenever he ventured away from his mother, the bully was sure to appear. Trailing at his heels, snarling at him, picking on him watchful of an opportunity when no man-animal was near to spring upon him and force a fight. As Lip-Lip invariably won, he enjoyed it hugely, became his chief delight in life, as it became White Fang's chief torment. But the effect upon White Fang was not to cow him. Though he suffered most of the damage and was always defeated, His spirit remained unsubdued. Yet, a bad effect was produced. He became malignant and morose. His temper had been savaged by birth, but it became more savage under this unending persecution. The genial, playful, puppyish side of him found little expression. He never played, gamboled about with the other puppies of the camp, Lip-Lip wouldn't permit it. The moment White Fang appeared near them, Lip-Lip was upon him, bullying, hectoring him, or fighting with him until he'd driven him away. The effect of all of this was to rob White Fang of much of his puppyhood and to make him in his comportment older than his age. Denied the outlet through play of his energies, he recoiled upon himself, to thoughts of trickery, prevented him from obtaining his share of meat and fish when a general feed was given to the camp dogs. He became a clever thief. He had to forage for himself, and he foraged well, though he was oft times a plague to the squaws and the consequences. He learned to sneak about the camp, to be crafty, to know what was going on everywhere to see and to hear everything, and to reason accordingly and successfully to devise ways and means of avoiding his implacable persecutor. In the early days of his persecution, that he played his first really big, crafty game and got there from his first taste of revenge. As Keechee, when the wolves had lured out to destruction dogs from the camps of men, So White Fang, in manner somewhat similar, lured Lip-Lip into Keechee's avenging jaws. Retreating before Lip-Lip, White Fang made an indirect flight that led in and out and around the various teepees of the camp. He was a good runner, swifter than any puppy of his size and swifter than Lip-Lip. But he didn't run his best in this chase. He barely held his own one leap ahead of the pursuer. Lip-lip, excited by the chase and by the persistent nearness of his victim, forgot caution and locality. When he remembered locality, it was too late. Dashing at top speed around a teepee, he ran full tilt into Kiche, lying at the end of her stick. He gave one yelp of consternation and then her punishing jaws closed upon him. She was tied, but he could not get away from her easily. She rolled him off his legs so he couldn't run, while she repeatedly ripped and slashed him with her fangs. When at last he succeeded in rolling clear of her, he crawled to his feet, badly disheveled, hurt both in body and in spirit. His hair was standing out all over him in tufts where her teeth had mauled. He stood where he'd arisen, opened his mouth, and broke out the long, heartbroken puppy wail. But even this he was not allowed to complete. In the middle of it, White Fang rushed in, sank his teeth into Lip-Lip's hind leg. There was no fight left in Lip-Lip, and he ran away shamelessly. His victim hot on his heels, and worrying him all the way back to his own teepee. Here the squaws came to his aid, and White Fang transformed into a raging demon, finally driven off only by a fusillade of stones. Came the day when Grey Beaver, deciding that the liability of her running away was past, released K'iche. White Fang was delighted with his mother's freedom. He accompanied her joyfully about the camp, so long as he remained close by her side. Lip-Lip remained a respectful distance. White Fang even brustled up to him, walked off stiff-legged, but Lip-Lip ignored the challenge. He was no fool. Whatever vengeance he desired to wreak, he could wait until he caught White Fang alone. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. The Adventures of White Fang. 1906, Jack London. What a classic. Wow. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much. Please, if you just take a brief quick second and move your mouse over there to that follow button or subscribe and click it helps the show out a lot we really do appreciate that i will see you again on wednesday night cool beans thanks for watching everybody thanks for following and subscribing this is the jay sheldon show good night